I remember one thing Pastor used to say. He used to talk about this one preacher that said he, he would love to walk in and not know what the next thing was going to happen. Well, today, we're not going necessarily by the usual schedule. We're going by the flow. I don't want to lose the flow of God and worship and communion. And I'm going to have Brother Wally come now and preach the Word. And, and I just pray that God would attune your heart and your mind and your ears of your spirit to hear what the Spirit says to the church today. Come on, Brother Wally. According to my height on my driver's license, I'm 5'11". According to the doctor's office, I'm 5'8". This is small print, and I noticed when I was reading during communion, I thought, I need to get a little bit closer to the Word this morning, physically as well as in many other ways. We are the church. You joining us, you are the church as well. And together we are Southgate Fellowship. And there's a few of you here in this building that have been here considerably longer than have Lanigale and I, but we are in our 18th year here. We ain't going nowhere. We're just simply waiting upon the Lord. For Isaiah instructs us so, so beautifully. They that wait upon the Lord, what are they going to do? Renew their strength. I don't have a strong preachment for you this morning. I'm not going to huff and puff and spit and fume and talk funny. I don't even really have an in-depth teaching for you this morning, but what I do have here for us this morning is an exhortation from the Word of God. Because this is a time for some whose hearts may not be as strong as others to be a part of some sheep that would want to scatter because they can't see their shepherd. But we look up. We see our shepherd. This, this message is, I'm going to tell you, there was, there came last Sunday a real clarification to me um, that where I was headed with this was the right way because most of us, pull these little rolled up pieces of paper off the tree and they had scriptures on them. Well, earlier when I told Lana Gill, about a week earlier, when Ron had said to me, um, the council has asked me to put together a group of men to bring the word in the month of January and we'd like you to begin on January the 1st, I told Lana Gill, I need to get to seeking the Lord on this. And that reminded me of a story that my mentor told me. He was educated at Prairie View Bible Institute in Canada. He was part of the Christian Missionary Alliance denomination. And for about 14 years, he was a traveling evangelist in Canada before he ever uh, came to the United States to pastor. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of my one of my teachers at Christ for the Nations, John McLennan, affectionately referred to as Brother Mac, 
said, I knew that guy. He came and preached at my dad's church, which I thought was kind of interesting. But he told me this story one time about preaching a meeting in a small town somewhere, and the church evidently had a little camp facility outside of the town, and the people would, were out there gathering, praying for the revival meeting. And he, he, said I, he said it was in an old cabin. It's a hard wooden floor. He said, I got up off of my knees and I, as a young evangelist, and I declared to this crowd, well, I guess I need to get back to town and work up a message for tonight's meeting. And he said a wizened, grizzled, shriveled up, kind of a gnarly looking old lady came up to him like this. She put her finger right on the end of his nose and said, young man, you don't work messages up from God, you pray them down. And this is a prayed down message. Because Lana Gale said, Wally, I think you need to look at the book of Ecclesiastes. You can't read this, but it says Ecclesiastes 3.1. And that's exactly where the Lord had directed me before I ever, ever, ever saw this little banner. Some of us will remember a song in the 70s, Turn, 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 by a group, The Birds. I didn't know this, but this, that song was written by um, a folk singer and a writer and a poet somewhat, Pete Seeger. And it was a Pete Seeger song, but it's a very popular song. And it's based on the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, which starts out this way. There is an occasion for everything, or there is a season for everything, and a time for every activity under the sun. And I believe, church, that we, were in that, we are in that time. This is, this is the occasion that we are in. Verse 11 says this, he has made everything beautiful in its time. And that's part of this, another song. He has put eternity into the hearts of men, but man cannot discover the work that God does from the beginning to the end. Think about that. And here's my take on that. I've got a riddle in my heart that God put there when I was being formed. And that riddle is, Sonny boy, I want you to discover who I am. And as we look around the world that we live in, we can see countless numbers of people trying to answer these questions. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? What is this life all about? And where do I go when life is all through? God has put eternity into our hearts. But we cannot discover what God's up to. I don't want to know what God's up to. I just want to seek him. And this is a time for us to seek him. Isaiah, 
And this is one of the verses that um, Pastor was given shortly after the passing of his wife of many years, Jean Osborne. And that scripture says, do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. Look, I am about to do something new. It's Paul Southgate. God says, look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Many of us know and love sweet little sister Marceline. And because her immune system is compromised because of her kidneys situation and dialysis and those things, this precious sister, I, I can't see you, Marceline, but I know you're there because you told me you were going to Zoom. Marceline said when she found out that Pastor and Judy had resigned the pulpit, the first thing she told Lanigale and I is, we don't need another Pastor Gary. That set me back a little bit, but think about what she's saying. Do we want, see, I love that man. He told me hard things, and I bucked at that man. But you know what I did? I obeyed that man. He was, he's, he's, Pastor, you were mentor number two. If you and Judy are Zooming, you were my mentor number two. But this is a new season. And God says he's going to do something new. And pastors 21 years here has prepared this church family to receive something new. To not be shaken to the core because our leader has heard from God and he's branching out into other avenues. But for us to take heart and rejoice and be glad because the Lord is doing something new in our midst. Praise the Lord, and we're part of it. Hallelujah. I'm going to be silly for a minute, just like my sister was, and because I was just thinking, when you were singing, Israel, I was thinking, we can't lose with the stuff we use. Listen, we're children of the Most High God. A couple of interesting scriptures, um, one of them also in, uh, in Jeremiah and I called this to mind when I was preparing for this and seeking the Lord and praying and studying. Jeremiah 48 and verse 11. It's a prophecy against the nation of Moab. And the Lord says, Moab's been left alone since he was young. And he settled like wine on its dregs. I'll give you a little bit of backfill on that. They would take wine and put it into jars. And then as the settlement, as the fragments, the impurities in those wine, the wine came to the bottom, there were skilled servants who were called tilters. And they would come and they would take that jug of wine 
and they would skillfully pour it into another jar, leaving the dregs behind. And they did that time and time again until there was no dregs. And I got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know, I make myself a little bit of sort of a health tonic morning and night, and part of what goes into that tonic is um, a couple of tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, pure apple cider vinegar, non-processed apple cider vinegar in the morning. And you said, I got to take that, that bottle and shake it up real good because all of the properties that are good for you have settled to the bottom. So I shake it up real good before I pour it out. And I thought about that. And here's our lesson, church. We will not stagnate as long as we don't resist change. Because the word says here about Moab, Moab still had his same, or same uh, uh, scent, same fragrance about him, and his taste hadn't changed. Moab was in a rut, so to speak. Now, we were never in a rut under our former pastors and the teaching. I'm, I'm not implying that. But I'm saying it's easy to resist change because, after all, we don't do it that way around here. That's not the way Pastor Gary did it. That's, well, that, that doesn't even sound four square to me at all. Let somebody tip your jar, brother, because you're starting to stagnate on us. There's another interesting verse in Hosea that kind of implies the same thing. Talking about Ephraim, the northern kingdom, and in uh, chapter 7 and verse 8 it says, Ephraim has become a cake not turned. Now, I read that and I went, well, what, what does that mean? We have a phrase in our culture, it's called half-baked or half-cocked. Now, in the word, the implication is, is that Ephraim wasn't paying attention to what was going on, and the bread wasn't tended to, and somebody forgot to turn it over, and so it burned to a crisp and was good for nothing. But I thought about that for our application. I was thinking about making pancakes, and I made some the other morning. Turned out fairly well. Charlie Helmick would have been proud of me. Charlie, if you're, uh, if you're Zooming, you and Marge, you'd been proud of me, brother, because I took Lana Gale's daddy's cast iron grill out of the drawer, and we made hotcakes on the griddle. But I made sure I flipped them. You know, at the right time, my, my grandmother taught me, watch the bubbles, and when it stops bubbling and it looks a little firm on the top, time to flip it, but don't get that fire up too high because you'll burn it. But Ephraim was as a cake not turned, fried to a crisp on the other side, but not cooked at all on the other. We need to pay attention to what's going on around us in this time. I don't have to remind us, but I will, of the things that we faced and went through and came through in 2021. I mean, in 2020. And we're ushered into 2021. It's a new day, church. It is a new day.
Here's a good word for us. I read this in a devotional book. You know, some people like devotionals. I prefer them. I have probably a half a dozen devotionals at home, and I alternate them out, and I begin each year with a new one. This year I'm starting with Sarah Young's Jesus Calling. Here's what I gleaned from January the 1st. Do not cling to old ways as you step into a new year. Now, were our old ways bad under our old pastor? Absolutely not. But the admonishment for us in this year as we await a new pastor, pastors, is to have an attitude of embracing them when they come, of welcoming them when they come, and of not expecting them to be any way, shape, or form like Pastor and Jean were, like Pastor and Judy were. It's a new season. God is doing a new thing. And praise the Lord, church, we get to be part of it. We're right here. We're part of it. Those of us that are free enough in our spirits and in, in, our, in our thinking, the way that we're facing this epidemic and the, all the propagation of fear that is surrounding America these days, and I understand those of you who do not have that freedom, this is not an accusation against you at all. We are all one. As long as we're anchored in Jesus Christ, we are all one. But it's an exciting time for us to be the church. Charlie Helmick has said this so often, and I'm going to use this line. He said, sometimes we've just got to be fluid. Because being flexible is too rigid. And there's a lot of difference between fluidity and flexibility. Time for us is to be fluid, church, to go with the flow, but yet to maintain an awareness of the sign of our times and to listen who it is here from this sacred desk, from our church, me today, and who's coming next week? Andrew. Andrew Early. We're going to hear from our own people this month. And probably for as long as, as this transition period goes on, we don't know how long it's going to go, but it's a new season. And let's listen to those who are bringing to us the word. Specifically, too, when we get a new pastor or pastor set in place, ah, oh, Father, give us ears to hear them and to listen to them. Because they're just as wary of us as we will be of them. They've never, they don't know us. Now, Pastor Gary has said, give them six weeks. Give them at least six weeks. Here's mine and Lana Gale's position. Six months. Six months. I want to get to know them. But I want them to get to know me. And I, I hope that we'll all make that our goal, that the new pastors will, we will give them that opportunity that we can be vulnerable with them and we can be fluid with them and we can go with the flow so that they will get to know us. And here's why I want them to really get to know us, church. 
so they'll know what they receive from the hand of the Lord. This is no by-the-way congregation. This is a work of the Lord. Many have marveled, saying, I, I just can't believe that the gathering of different peoples from different walks of life and different educational backgrounds and all of that, they're at Southgate Fellowship. We're a family. And Lori Sexauer so sweetly yesterday reminded us of that at the prayer table as she prayed for us. She prayed exactly some of the things that I'm talking about this morning, but that the Lord would impress upon us and remind us and keep us in thought about this and keep our prayers going towards the continuance of this church because we are a family. And family binds together. When the winds of change burn, blow against them, families stick together. Lord, we pray for a Holy Ghost stick to belong to each and every one of us in Jesus' name. This period of transition, I'm looking at it as being transplanted. Some of us dabble around in the soil a little bit. And uh, I want to read you something from a dandy little book by Susan Bozarth. Don't Stop Living. It's really um, more of a devotional, not a day-by-day, -day, but um, situation-by-situation. Ah, spring, she says, and she talks about the coming of spring. And I'm going to pick it up, her narrative here. She said, I was so anxious to get started on my spring living that I went out and I bought a bunch of potted plants. And I would repot them and display them on my patio and my front step. And she had a bunch of pots left over, bigger pots. While I was repotting some of these flowers, I felt an analogy coming in, and I was acutely aware of the presence that, of the process that was taking place. First, I would pick out a pot that was bigger than the small plastic container that the plants came in. I would pull it out. I'd have the big pot already prepared with a little soil in the bottom, but I would pull it out and get ready to plant it. But I knew I needed to remove them from these comfy little pots. And here was the process. And take them and kind of crinkle the binding of their little root system because they're all just conformed to that little pot that they're in and separate them a little bit. That's a real hard thing for those little plants to go through because at that point in time, they're very vulnerable. Perhaps we can look at this period of transition time as us being taken out of one pot and having our root system untangled just a little bit and being transplanted into a different pot and into a different soil to receive different nutrients. That the growth that we have experienced here would not continue, but would, would just keep going on. We need to remain, and I learned this acrostic a long time ago, God wants fat Christians, faithful, available, and teachable, fat Christians. 
She said, I had to untangle their root system so it could be more easily, it would more easily adapt to the new container and develop a new, stronger root system. This will allow it to bring forth more blooms. You see, we're like these plants. We will stay in the same container for so long that we actually take on the likeness of the pot. It's not the way Pastor Gary did it. We appear to be blossoming and prospering, but the only true way we can grow and produce more fruit is to get out of the small container where we are living, untangle our clogged up roots, and move into a new container that the Lord provides. A new container that the Lord provides. This allows us to develop a new and a stronger root system so we can also go on to produce and preserve even more blooms in our life. There's always a time that calls for transition from one container to another. We're living there right now. We're going to go from one container to another. Oh yeah, one more thing. When the little plant is removed from its original container, there's a time period when the plant is outside of its comfort zone. <laughs> At least momentarily. And there are those few moments when everything that has been familiar and life-sustaining has been withdrawn. The transition from one container to another is a season of vulnerability. And it will be so with us if we allow it to be so. But if we embrace it, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is familiar to all of us. Mean not unto thine own understanding, that in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Trust in the Lord first. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is my encouragement to his church, to trust the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our hearts. To not try to figure everything out on our own. But that doesn't mean that we don't gather information along the way. But lean not unto our own understanding and in all of our ways acknowledge him. And what's the promise? He shall direct our paths. He shall direct us into the future. I'm reading an excerpt to you from a little another little devotional book, The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. It's an old, old work. Uh, I've got a new revised or new edited version of it where the English is updated and the scripture readings are from the New Living Translation, and I really like this. Um, and it has portions in it where it's identified that Christ is speaking, and then it has portions in it where it's identified that the disciple is speaking, and this is such a portion. The disciple is speaking and says... I have often heard that it is safer to listen and receive counsel than to give it. Yes, our opinions may be good, but to refuse to listen to others when the occasion requires it is a mark of pride or stubbornness. And I believe that we're in such a time as this. We're in this season. And as we read earlier, God makes everything, has made everything beautiful in its time. 
So we're entering into a beautiful season, church. But let's don't go off half-baked on what we think it should be like and who we think this new person should be, any of that sort of stuff right here. And please let's counsel one another on, well, what do you think? Well, you know, so-and-so says this. Well, what about that? What? I'm going to give you, here's, here's the rules that we're going to follow. Here's the rules that we are going to definitely follow. We have four gifted, intelligent, integral men and a woman of character that sit on our church council. June Durrett, Randy Demetro, Ron Lewis, and Pastor Phil Demetro. And Pam Wold has designated Pastor Randy Demetro to be the liaison between our church council and the district and, and all of this that's going on. So if you have at any time, I'm going to put you out here, Randy, if you've got any questions about the process and about what's going on and about what stage that we are in, in the process, ask Randy. If he knows, he'll tell you. If he doesn't know, he'll say, no news yet. But none of us have that news. Now, as Pastor had said, Lana Gale and I are standing in a place of pastoral, spiritual, not authority, I can say, but says being the ones that are here that you can call or you can count on as, a, as, a, on need, as needed basis. But Randy will be the one that will keep this congregation abreast of what's going on. Church, this is the hour that we must, at all cost, maintain our focus. Ron preached at the street church Friday night, and he had a great message to them. First, we reach up to the Lord. And we're looking, you know, when you reach up, you're going to look up. And then we reach inside to see, man, what is it the Lord has given to me? And then we reach out and, and give to others what the Lord has given to us. And now's the time for us to look up and to reach up and to seek the Lord as we've never sought him before for the direction of this precious church family. I don't know how many times, when Lana Gale first and I, I first started coming here, we were so taken because sometimes, you know how Pastor used to do that in the midst of his message, he'd stop and he'd say, now family... And he would give us gems. There was nuggets under, after those now family uh, excerpts that he would give to us. And we are the family, and we are in this all together. I'm going to read a proverb to you that will confirm that point of just maintaining and looking up. Proverbs chapter 4. Starting in um, verse 25. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Consider carefully the path of your feet. And all your ways will be established. Another translation was the 
look to the right, don't look to the left. Look straight ahead. Where are we going? We're going forward. It's in drive, church. This whole thing is in drive. We're not in park, we're not in neutral for sure. And we sure ain't in reverse. We're going forward. To borrow that phrase, I want to say this, family. It's what Jesus said to those few in the garden on that dreadful night. He said, watch and pray. Um, another translation, and I like this too, it says, stay awake. The implication there is be, be vigilant. Don't let your guard down. But watch and pray. Stay awake. Be alert, church. Lest you fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now is the hour to watch and to pray. You and I, and Zoomers, you also, were a part of a 21-year legacy that Pastor Gary and Gene Osborne undertook, and they've established it. They were not interested in building a big church, and we have heard that several times over the years. And I understand why. Because you can have a church full of people. I told Justice last week, it's really strange some of these men's room conversations I've had with men in the church here, but I looked at Justice's jacket, and it's a nice western jacket, and had fringe on it and fringe on the back of it, and I said, you know, that really makes the jacket look good, but it doesn't do anything for the warmth of the durability. It's just an attraction. And I said, you know what, Justice, the church is filled with fringe Christians. But Pastor Gary's and Jean's vision was not a fringe church, but just a church with solid people clothed with the warmth of the Word of God. Big people, not a big church. Now, am I, I am no way in shape opposed if we went from, we had 90-something people here on Christmas Eve. Man, if we went to 90, to 190, to 290, to 490, to whatever, whatever it took, as long as the leadership of this church was building big people along the way, and as long, Becca, that we started every during worship. That worship is so important. Worship is the essence of who we are and why we are. So let us do all that we can do in these coming days to honor that legacy in and through the manner in which we accomplish this transition time. We can do this, and we will do this because of this. For what Paul encouraged 
the Philippian church in. I'm sure of this, I am confident of this, that he who started a good work in you. Now we know that that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But I, I'm going to say to you right here, Pastor Gary Osborne started a good work in this place. And I'm going to do all that I can do with what I know, with what he put into me to carry it on. Not only to carry it on, but to let whoever is coming in here in on this is how we were going. This is what the philosophy was. What do you think about that? He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Until the day of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 16, 18. I love Matthew 16, 18. And the few verses prior to that. People were mumbling and grumbling and asking the disciples, who, who is this guy? I mean, we realize there's something special about him, but who is this Nazarene guy? And some said, oh, well, I think he's John the Baptist. The others said, no, 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 that's, that's, that's Elijah. And still others said, Jeremiah. And Jesus was aware of this conversation, and, and he heard his disciples talking about that, and so he you know, I love the way he just says, he gives Peter an opportunity all the time to open mouth and start tennis shoe. And he said, but, but, but you guys, who do you say that I am? And Peter stood up and opened his mouth and said, you are the Messiah. That's key. It's key because... They were waiting for a Messiah. And Jesus didn't necessarily fit the bill, but Peter understood that he was the Messiah. He said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus turned to him and said, and you are Peter. And upon this rock, Cephas, Upon the rock of your confession, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. That's where we're at. That's part of the good work that was begun in us. Paul says to the Corinthians, and I will echo his words, to us, be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not a labor in vain. And when Daniel was writing, he said, he was talking about the flight to come in the future. And he said this, a closing in one of his sentences, but they that know the Lord shall be strong and take action. Now's the time, church, for us to be strong 
and to take action. The Lord bless all of you. Thank you. Thank you for your word, Lord. It's true and it'll never fade away. It's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Father, may we go forth and take the light we've received and share it with others faithfully, Lord. May you keep us safe and those at home, may you keep them safe. May you bless us all. May we be together again in the times to come and thank you for all that you do in our lives this week. We thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.